recorded live in the Phantasmo Lounge high atop the Willis O'Brien building in beautiful Midtown Portsmouth, Virginia. It's Phantasmo After Dark with your host, Rob Floyd, and co-host Phyllis Floyd. Tonight's topic, Ray Harryhausen and Sinbad. This is Dynamation. Well, hey everybody. Welcome back to the old podcast. Hey, Phyllis. Hey, Rob. How you doing? I'm doing fine. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Tonight's topic is a subject that is near and dear to my heart and both of ours. Yes. And first, I would like to issue this disclaimer. If you don't like Ray Harryhausen's work, you can't appreciate his work, and you think it's silly or goofy, then turn off this podcast and don't ever listen to this podcast again. (laughs) Um, And we cannot be friends. Because Ray Harryhausen is amazing. Uh, is an incredible talent, artist, craftsman, and a lot of the guys working in special effects today and for the past 30, 40 years probably wouldn't be if they weren't inspired by Ray Harryhausen's work. Yes, as many of them said in the documentary yeah. stuff that we watched. Matter of fact, a lot of the younger guys working today were inspired by the guys that were inspired by Ray Harryhausen, yeah. so they wouldn't have had anybody to be inspired by. Indeed. Ray, oh my God! If you're not familiar with Ray Harryhausen's work, I don't know what to tell you. Movies like The Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms, Twenty Million Miles to Earth, It Came from Beneath the Sea, Earth versus the Flying Saucers, Jason and the Argonauts, Clash of the Titans, the Sinbad movies, which we're going to talk about tonight. Just this stop motion animation was revolutionary, especially when he first started, and it's just it, it's a thing of beauty to watch on screen. And fascinating, especially once you understand what he did. How it was done. And how it was done. The process. Just it's phenomenal. astonishing. All by hand. There are no computers involved. The thing about it is some people look at it because they're used to seeing CGI and they say, oh, it looks so fake. It looks, you know, the thing about it is it has a dreamlike quality to it. And when you're doing fantasy movies... Like, you know, the mythical movies like Argonauts and Clash of the Titans and Sinbad mm-hmm. and all that. That really helps to sell the story as yeah. a fantasy, you know? Sure. And uh, the thing you always hear about, you know, practical effects and especially stop motion stuff is, I think Roger Ebert may have said, the one who quoted this, is you look at that stuff and the difference between that and and computer animation is, the stop motion animation may look fake, but your head knows it's real. There's something really there physically. Mm-hmm. Computer animation may look real, but you know it's fake. Yeah. So there's not really any emotional attachment to it at all. Yeah. Harry hasn't. It was more than just stop animation what he did. He had in, injected personality into the creatures. Oh, it's amazing how much personality and the little was in details there. he did. I mean, just. The facial expressions that those creatures oh, yeah. had, and, made some and of them how breathe. much they changed. Oh yeah, it's crazy. We could go really into detail on how he did each creature or the majority of his creatures, but we're going to talk about the movies themselves a little more. There's some great books out there on Harryhausen that you can look at if you want more information. I'll put pictures of of the covers on the Facebook page. Uh, I just got one for my birthday from. My lovely wife, Phyllis. <laughs> Happy birthday. And it's it's called Ray Harryhausen, Titan of Cinema, and it's by his daughter, mm-hmm. Vanessa, I think. 
And oh man, just, it's worth it for the candid family photos alone, and the behind all the behind the scenes stuff, and actual pictures of the props or yeah. pictures of actual props, I should say. Yeah, but I believe that the book release came out to accompany or to coincide with an exhibit that was supposed to be opening in yeah. a museum, and I cannot remember I think where. It's in London. I, yeah, London seems to make sense, but I can't remember. Yeah. Now I don't know if COVID has you know, put a stop to that or not, but it's when it was supposed to be happening, yeah. so... But the stuff anyway. is out there on display somewhere. Yeah, so anyway, the book was just released, I believe, just late last year. Yeah, I was fortunate enough when we went, Clayton and I went to work on that Six Million Dollar Man exhibit in California a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Kelly flew us out there for... We got to, you know, look at look at the museum, too, before, you know... Yeah. Uh, before we set stuff up. And they had, I th- believe it was the dragon. What's oh. left of the dragon... From uh, Seventh Voyage of Sinbad. Wow. And it was not green anymore. It's kind of an orangish <laughs> color. It may have been reused for something else, I'm not sure. At first, when I first looked at it, I was like, oh, Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. But I'm like, no, wait, that's not it. It's, the yeah. neck is different and all right. that. Right. But I was in awe to be, you know, it was glass in front of me. It'd be within inches of a real Harryhausen piece. Yeah. Uh, another connection was a, a, I don't know how many years ago now, it was over 10 years ago, I think. Yeah. A couple of us went to the Bird Theater in Richmond. Mm, right. And Harry Hausen was doing a tour for his, for his book, his biography book, and they showed Jason and the Argonauts, and then he talked a little bit, and then they broke for lunch and came back, and they showed just an effects reel, mm-hmm. and he talked again. So you got to watch the movie with him. I got to watch the movie with him. Harry has I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it now. <laughs> it was an emotional experience for me. Oh, I know it was. I know how much he means yeah. to you. Well, to many people, but oh yeah, but you know, to be there, and then of course he was out in the lobby signing autographs, and so I, I mean, I got an autograph and, and you know, and a picture, and kneeled down right beside him and got a picture, and it was just phenomenal. Yeah. I can't, still can't believe I did. You know, I was that close to Ray Harryhausen. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's mm. a legend. He's iconic legend, and we would not be where we are in yeah. film today well, I mean, if it wasn't even, for him. You know, even directors like John Landis and Joe Dante, mm-hmm. uh, you know, among many others, you know, cite him as a major influence for them wanting to get in the film business. Yeah. So, I mean, you think about it, if if those guys as little kids and all those effects guys didn't see Ray Harryhausen, yeah, see his movies. Would they have got even got into film business, you know, and all you the movies know, we wouldn't yeah. have, wouldn't have. That's right. But you know, it's just mind-boggling to think about that. It is. But and I, you know, I could go ahead and gush for a whole hour on just how great he is and how much I love his work. <laughs> but and I probably will continue throughout this. But <laughs> we we need to talk about the movie, the Sinbad yes. movies in particular, because I think we did we did do Earth versus the Flying Saucers. We a we did years do ago. that, yeah, and we had talked about doing more Ray Harryhausen stuff. Yeah. And tonight, actually, we were talking about doing just a few of his movies. We didn't intend to just do Sinbad, yeah. but we we managed to watch them all. So we were like, you know, let's just do Sinbad this time, and we can save some of the other ones for yeah, another we time. Can, yeah, do I mean we can do Argonauts a whole one on just that, yeah. or do Argonauts and Clash of the Titans or something? Because there's later. plenty to talk about. Yeah, but the Sinbad movies were fantastic because a lot of people at cite... least two of them were. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> and no... Ray's work was fantastic yeah. in all three. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of these guys, Rick Baker and Landis and Dennis Murin and all these guys, 
most of them cite the seventh voyage of Sinbad as being the movie that struck their imagination. Yeah, seventh voyage was a is a lot of fun. It's got the music of Bernard Herrmann, who did the music for Hitchcock, Psycho. Yeah, among other things, it's fantastic. I need that soundtrack. I think because it's just a real rousing, swashbuckling score. <laughs> It's just rolling big, it is a big, big score. sound. You know, this orchestral music that gets you excited and pumped and, feel, you know, makes you want to, like, swing on a pirate ship or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or sword fight. Well, it, it is Sinbad after all. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, the music feels like what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, 1958. I'm going to mention the director's name for each one of these. And I'll, I'll see why that's kind of funny in a second. <laughs> this is Nathan Duran. Or Jurin was the director for Seventh Voyage of Sinbad. And this was the first stop motion movie in color. So it has that distinction, uh, among other things. But why I said it's kind of funny is I did hear a quote. We were watching some documentary stuff on Harry Hazen earlier. And one of the guys who was talking said, You know, you can say most any other movie, every other movie out there, it's Hitchcock's Psycho. John Landis, American Wolf in London. It's right, you know, uh, Steven Spielberg's Spielberg's E.T. E. You know, Spielberg's Jaws. Nobody remembers the the directors for the Harryhausen movies because they're Ray Harryhausen movies. That's right. <laughs> That's are. how amazing and influential the work he did in yeah. is. The to, movies are known as Harryhausen movies. To put it in perspective, it would be like saying that it's what Rick Baker's movie. Or say not, yeah. you know. I mean, or saying like um, Star Wars was, you know, Dennis Muren's movie. Right, right. I mean, because at the time, but the di- one of the big differences is Dennis Muren worked on Star Wars. Was so did a lot of other guys. Yeah, yeah. Ray did all the effects. A handful of guys works on these other. Even Rick Baker did the majority of the effects. Did did the work in all of his movies, but he had technicians and help with him. Yeah, yeah. Ray Harryhausen didn't have any assistance yeah he did he said it was all him and occasionally an electrician an electrician for the lighting and stuff yeah but all the animation by hand was ray yep and ray wrote the rough draft of a step guy oh i forget what he called it pretty much for each of the proposal for Mm -hmm. each of the movies he worked on just about yeah so he came up with the idea of the plot of the films yeah and he pretty much kind of directed his scenes any of the creature scenes because he had to to he say to. i need these shots i need them this way yeah in order to get the creatures and the in. live action guys have to like hit these marks yeah so yes there's directors but bray said i need this and yeah. they had to do it yeah but seventh voyage of sinbad one of the main things that's distinct for it is of course everybody the cyclops the Cyclops is amazing and awesome. It's that iconic character that everybody remembers. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And there's other creature, great creatures in the movie. There's that dragon at the end. Yeah. Was it the rocks? The rock. The double-headed rock. Yeah, it's the rock. Bird. Yeah. But it's the Cyclops is the... is the, And, of course, the skeleton fight. Yeah. And, which is oh, it's phenomenal. 
skeletons are amazing. He's, I guess he's most well known for his skeletons, right? But pretty much, yeah. From especially from Argonauts, when from there's Argonauts, seven of them. Yeah. The coolest thing about talking about skeletons, though, I got, I got to mention it because I'm a prop geek, you know. Yeah. Most of his creations, of course, you know, they're they're metal armatures and they survive. But the skins are like foam rubber, sponge mm-hmm. rubber, cover, sometimes covered in latex or fur or whatever. And that, over time, that just deteriorates. Yeah, yeah. It's, the material just deteriorates, like dry rots, like any, you know, most stuff like that does. So a lot of his stuff has not really survived. Some of it that has has been restored. Yeah. But most of it has been, or reused, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, yeah, because Ray tended to take the the bones or the you know the, the armature, armature well, like and reuse it for other when things. they were doing you know he designed the Cyclops what he was going to look like, and it was similar to the Emer from Twenty Million Miles to Earth. Yeah. So he just stripped that armature and used the armature. So the Cyclops skeleton is the same skeleton that was in the Emer, right? Or Yimmer, if you will. Yeah, which means that that one doesn't exist anymore because yeah. he he stripped it Cannibalized down. It, yeah. yeah. But the original skeleton from that last fight in Seventh Voyage. In um, 1953. In 1958. Oh, 58. Okay. Yeah. That's close. Is still in good shape and still looks great. Yeah. And he actually, he even reused it for Jason the Argonauts. And made six had, more. Yeah. It just, it just had to, yeah, made six more. And each one was slightly different. Yeah. Uh, he just put a different shield and different sword on it. But. The reason that survived is because, one, it's a metal armature. Yeah. But he covered it with, he dipped cotton in liquid latex and made, sculpted, pressed it on and made the bones by hand out of cotton dipped in latex. Oh, wow. And because it wasn't that spongy rubber that deteriorates Uh and the cotton was the holding the latex together. Yeah. It survived and still looks phenomenal. That's amazing. Where is it now? You can still pose it and stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's does probably, family own it, or is it a museum? Well, maybe it's in that London museum. It's probably now. in that that uh, museum because she, his daughter, had all the pieces that survived restored oh, nice. and are in that exhibit, I believe. Cool. The cool thing, well, okay, real quick, the people, the cast, you've got Kerwin Matthews, mm-hmm. who was played Sinbad, Kathy Grant, who was married to Bing Crosby. But don't you worry about old Bing. He's very happily married. He just married Cary Grant, and they're having such a time up on that hill. Huh? Oh, Kathy! Kathy Grant, I'm sorry. Keep getting them two all mixed up. Is the princess. Indeed. And Torin Thatcher is the bad guy. Mm-hmm. The evil wizard or sorcerer. Right. Who was Humble Bellows, Mr. Bellows in oh, right. The Crimson Pirate, another yeah. one of my favorite all-time movies. Mm-hmm. It, you know, you can have your Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, with Johnny Depp. I will take The Crimson Pirate or Burt Lancaster any day of the week. <laughs> That's pretty much the, and then there was the kid that played the genie. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But that's pretty much the human cast. Right. And uh, Kerwin Matthews had to learn the sword fight at the end, you know, against the skeleton. Mm-hmm. They had a fencing master I can't from Spain. I can't remember his name. And he worked out the fight scene mm-hmm. with Kerwin Matthews and, you know, and with Harry Hazen, you know, because they had to figure out where he was going to have to be for it to work. Because... Mm-hmm. To make it easier, he couldn't, I don't think he could ever travel in front of the skeleton. The skeleton had to travel in front of him. Oh, I see. For the process and the... Dinorama. The Dinorama. And I I don't know if they used any uh, traveling mats in that. So, you know, they had to rehearse this sword fight in steps. Like, you know, two or three moves at a time. 
mm-hmm. and he had to learn it and learn it and learn it and learn it to where he could do the sword fight without fighting anybody, just do it to air. Mm-hmm. But he had, you know, had to stop his sword at the right spot. Yeah, as if it's being stopped. Yeah, and not not a couple inches further, or it just wouldn't work, you know. Yeah. And then Ray had you know matched it in a studio somewhere else after that had been filmed with yeah. a skeleton and by put himself, it together. Yeah. Without anybody fighting a skeleton, obviously. Blows my mind. Yeah, it's amazing. You know. Well that's one of the things that you said earlier, talking about how they have to put the the pieces together. Mm-hmm. So the live action gets filmed and then the Oh yeah. The stuff for that Ray is doing with the animation gets filmed and the lighting is completely different oh, yeah. in each location, but somehow they managed to make it match. Yeah. And well, that's that's another thing, the lighting. You talk about oh, it's one of the other, you know, any of the other Sinbad movies, Eye of the Tiger, what have you, where they film the principal cast on location. Yeah. Okay. Then they film they do pickup shots and close ups in a studio somewhere else. Yeah. And then Ray has to film the miniatures. Yep. Against a miniature version of the set, in some cases, or part of the set, mm-hmm. maybe just he built steps to re- to match the same steps, and all three they have to match the lighting to, yeah, from each one, or else something's going to look way out of place. Right. The art of that, the lighting That's is amazing. incredible. Well, and you know, I cannot say that I have as critical an eye as you. Yeah. But I can say that at no point did I ever go, wow. What happened there? You know, no. with the lighting being off or anything. Oh, no. I'm sure that if I went and just studied just the lighting, yeah. I, I might be able to find some yeah. where it's different. You, I mean, you can nitpick. But, and in one or two of the movies, there might be one or two scenes where it's like, mm, you know. Yeah. But overall, it's just phenomenal. And you get sucked right into the magic of it. Yeah. You know? It's just, yeah, it's amazing stuff. You, so the, what's the basic plot of the first movie? Uh, well, the, the Sinbad, we don't have to go scene by scene, just the basic plot. I forget plot. the very beginning, but Sinbad and, the, and the, his men end up on this island for some reason. And it's a wizard being chased. Yeah, the wizard's being chased. By the they, Cyclops or they something. Save they the save wizard. him. And he has this magic lamp, and he calls forth a genie to put a barrier between the Cyclops right. and the men, and they end up. While they're transporting the wizard out on the boat, he drops the magic lamp in the ocean. Yeah. Just as they're getting away, and he's oh, I've got to get it. And the cyclops comes and picks it up and takes it back to his cave, and they go back to Arabia. And the and wizard he wants to keep. He wants to go back and get the lamp. Take him back, and Sinbad's like, "That's too dangerous." And then the was it the vizier or the king? The king. The king yeah. says Sinbad's word is my word. It's too dangerous. Yeah, you're not going to go. So they have a banquet that night, and the wizard figures, well, if I impress them mm-hmm. with my ability, maybe they'll let me go. Yeah. So he conjures some entertainment up, and he transforms the princess's handmaiden into the snake woman, which is probably, for my money, the creepiest creature that Ray's <laughs> done. It is really creepy. And the reason it's really creepy, I think, really, the only reason it's really creepy to me is uh-huh. because those arms... Are like snakes. They don't have any bones yeah. in them, but well, the hands face, do. She has a, a very distinct face, and with that blue green makeup, yeah, you know, and that pointy hat. <laughs> what what she looks like is she has, from the torso up, she's a woman with mm-hmm. like blue skin, and from the tor- waist down, she's has a snake, big, huge snake body, and yeah. snake tail, and the torso up, she has four arms, and like you said. They're like snakes or with hands on the end instead of snake heads because yeah. there are no bones, tentacles, but with human hands. Right. And the way they're moving is just creepy. It's creepy. Hell. 
and she ends and she up, doesn't do anything. No, she mean. just dances She's around, just dancing, like but belly it's creepy dancing. Looking. <laughs> but then the ta- the snake tail ends up whipping up and starting to choke her. Yes. And so the wizard changes herself. Her, herself. Yes. Yeah. So the wizard changes her back. Yeah. And he says, "Well, can I go now?" And they're like, "No, no, <laughs> no." And then the king, he's totally seen what's happening here, and I can't remember exactly how he he offended him, but he saw through what the wizard was doing. He's like, oh, you're just, we're trying to coerce me into seeing things your way or whatever, and so he sends him away. He yeah. banishes him. So later that night, he comes, he breaks in or sneaks into the princess's room and puts a spell on her, a potion, and makes, and shrinks her down to, like, just a couple inches high. Yeah. Like, smaller than a Barbie doll. Mm-hmm. And they find But nobody out... knows it was him. No. Although, why they didn't suspect yeah. him, I don't know, but we'll just get that part. They find her the next morning, and somehow the wizard gets back in there and says, I can change her back, but we have to go back to, and have to say, the shell of a rock. Yeah, we'll send And Sinbad... I have the potions in my cave. The eggshell of a eggshell rock. Eggshell of a rock. Yeah, well, Sinbad goes and gets him, and begs for him to help. Yeah. So... They end up going on the voyage back to the island. The wizard has a cave. I don't think he's revealed that yet. And they sneak... Oh, and they build this... He, the wizard makes a plan for a giant crossbow mm, right. to fight the Cyclops with. Mm-hmm. So they build that on the way, on the ship. Mm-hmm. They get there and they trek through the... And they brought the tiny princess. They brought them. the tiny princess. And they trek through the island. Some of the men find the Cyclops treasure cave. Mm-hmm. And the Cyclops finds him in the treasure cave and pulls him out one by one and throws him in this wooden cage and then puts one guy on a spit roast. Yep. And starts He's cook, trying cook to him cook for him. dinner. Uh, which is a pretty, could be a gruesome scene, you know. Yeah. They get out of that and I'm not going to go into detail all the action Yeah, we stuff. don't need to. We're just giving you the highlights. Yeah, the, they get out of that and the, they get to the wizard's cave. Follow the wizard to the cave. He says, "We, you know, I can change your back. You have the eggshell, but I have to have the potion in my cave. I have all right. that. So they go and they change her back. Yeah, well, in the meantime, she'd gotten, she went into the lamp and she got to meet the genie. Yeah, and made friends and, with the genie. Yeah, made, yeah, exactly, made friends with the genie. Yeah, so there's the confrontation in the wizard's cave after she's brought back to her full size. Yeah. And the wizard brings the skeleton to life and Sinbad fights the skeleton. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing at the end. Then it's a happy ending after that. And it's, you know, it's... Back to the big music. There had been a riddle or something in the genie's cave about how he could become free, free of being a genie, so he's not a slave anymore. And she figured it out at some point, so she threw the lamp into the lava, and so she she didn't know for sure if that freed him or not, because it's not like he poofed out. And then suddenly, at the end of the movie, he shows up as a cabin boy on the... On Sinbad's ship. On Sinbad's ship. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention, when they're fleeing... The wizard's cave trying to get out. Mm-hmm. There's a scene that you cannot convince me George Lucas didn't steal this scene from this or get inspired by this. Are you talking about where they where they swing across swing that, across the that lava. chasm? Yeah, yeah. There's the lava and that big chasm, and it's it's the princess and Sinbad. And the way they throw the rope and she holds on to him and they swing across that. Really, it does look it's, just it's, like it's, it. Yeah, swashbuckling and dramatic, and yeah. it's like. It's very that that scene is just yeah. like the one in New Hope. You're right. Yeah, I think that Lucas was that was his you know nod and a wink, his salute to uh, Sinbad. To Sinbad, that's and, funny. And God bless. Yeah, because well, you know? <laughs> that's yeah. how you pay tribute that's like right. that. You know, that's pretty much Seventh Voyage. The creatures are fantastic. The movie's a lot of fun. It's just a you know a great quick adventure movie. Yeah, and it makes you feel good. Yeah, after watching it, you know you want to watch more after that. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that one quite a bit. The music was great. Yeah. The, the acting was good. It was just, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Now, the next one, The Golden Voyage of Sinbad, was 1973. Gordon Hessler was the director. And I think this is probably my favorite one. Yeah? For a couple of reasons. Cyclops aside. Okay. okay. The Cyclops is my favorite Harry Hasn't creation. I know creation. that's your favorite, yeah. I was going to say that and the Emer, but they're the same. Uh, so. <laughs> well, the outsides look different. Yeah. And I think for a couple of reasons, this is my favorite. After rewatching it again, yeah, I think it's the best overall of the three Sinbad movies. Okay, but you know, I saw this one. This is the only one I saw in the theater as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I either saw it. It came, it was seventy three. I would have been four years old when that came out, so I couldn't have seen it the year it came out. Right now, it's hard to believe anybody who's been raised in the last twenty years or so. But before cable and VCRs, when it was just movies and multiplexes and multiplexes, well, Circle Six was around. Oh yeah, that's true. Movies would come out and they would play for a long time. You know, as long as people were going to see them, they might play. I remember Star Wars played for over a year. Yeah. In theaters. Yeah. So this could have played for a couple of years, and and the main has then gone to second runs and played for a little longer, or it could have been re-released just before. Eye of the Tiger was released. Right. Which, that might have been how I, I saw it. It may have Maybe been so. re-released like a year or six months before. Because it could have been released in 76 again. I'll have to do a little research on that. But I did see it in the theater. And it stuck with me. The centaur in it. And the the winged back creatures. And the big saber-toothed tiger. And the, just the swashbuckling sword-flying adventure. And, mm-hmm. and then, of course, it made me want to see more of that. And then I saw right. Seventh Voyage on TV. But I think this is the only one of the three where the guy playing Sinbad was John Philip Law. Right. Actually used an Arabian accent or Middle Eastern accent Mm -hmm. and really looked more the part. You know, he looked like an Arab swashbuckler, Arab sailor. Yeah. Where Curran Matthews did not. (laughs) Patrick Wayne, not so much. No, not not bad, but. I liked him okay, but yeah. Yeah. In this one, because the other one, there was a lot of bright colors, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's high adventure and that's fine. This one, he kind of wanted to downplay the colors a little bit, make it a little more rustic and a little more more grounded, I think, is mm-hmm. what he said. It didn't phase it. didn't hurt it at all. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it helped it. I didn't, didn't hurt it. But this one has a better feel overall. And, of course, this is, we watched this one. We watched them out of order. We watched Eye yeah. of the Tiger, and then we watched this one. Yeah. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Right. We actually paid to rent this one because we don't own this one. And to buy it is... It's like twenty, little, thirty no, bucks, it was thirty something, yeah, it was like thirty, 30 something dollars. to get it, and so I will get it eventually. But we needed to watch it before the podcast too, yeah. so that's another reason we you rent on Amazon Prime for like three ninety nine. Yeah, worth every damn penny. Oh yeah, and then some. Yeah. Oh, but the uh, the villain in it mm-hmm. is Tom Baker. Yes. And this was before Doctor he, Who. He got Doctor Who, and word is that this is what his role in this is what kind of got him the part of Doctor Who. Oh, okay. And he said he's a good villain in this. They liked his eyes. That's how he got the part. They liked his eyes. Yeah, we had he had was had could do stuff with he his little sinister crazy yeah. eyes. And so that kind of won him the part. And he he does fantastic in mm-hmm. this, you know. And this one has let's see, what's the first creature we see in this? It's that it's that little bat creature that yeah. drops the medallion and then Yeah, we like see right him off again. the bat you see him because that's what starts the medallion. And thing, then yeah. when he and the uh Oh, and the vizier and the, the gold mask because his face is all messed up. That was kind of a cool thing. 
That you was know, cool. And again, that's a guy. We don't see the actor's face until it gets restored at the very end. Spoilers. So he's acting the entire time with no facial expression at all. Yeah, but you're getting lots of emotion. But he is pulling it off. Yeah, he did a good job. You know? It's fantastic. Oh, another thing. The Oracle that speaks. Yeah. The voice. Mm -hmm. It's Robert Shaw. Oh. From okay. Jaws. Yeah. Apparently he and the and uh, the producer, uh, Charles Schneer, who was like Harry Hasen's partner for a while mm -hmm. in films, they were really good friends. And he did it as a favor, but he didn't want a screen credit because <laughs> he thought genre stuff was beneath him. <laughs> so he took a paycheck and they put a digitizer like on his voice you know that's funny <laughs> oh i forgot carolyn monroe yes is the girl in this yes and sinbad is walking through the market this is before they go off on the adventure yeah and this guy pulls him aside and wants him wants to give sinbad money to t take his son to see him to, to help make a man out of him because he's a useless drunk yeah he's just miserable and sinbad won't do it but then he sees carolyn monroe and she's beautiful. And she has this tattoo of an eye on her hand, which he saw in a dream at the yeah. beginning of the movie. Yeah. So he's like, okay. I know. saw her for a reason. So. Yeah. And the guy says, well, you can have this. My slave girl, you can have her if you take my son. He's like, okay. So they go off to sea on this adventure. And he tells her, you know, you're not a slave. You're not my, you're free now. Yeah. You know, but. Nobody should own anybody. Yeah. You're You're free to do what you want to do. But you're, you're here because of. Actually, she says, why am I here? And yeah. he, he says, I wish I knew. <laughs> yeah. So while they're out at sea, yeah, the wizard makes the figurehead, the you know, the woman, the wooden thing on the front of the ship. Yeah. He brings her to life. Makes her come to life. And of course, the guys start trying to fight her and it's wood. So they swords, you know, not don't kill it. Not really doing anything. Yeah. And so they try to fight it with fire because fire will kill just about anything. <laughs> and the wooden creature ends up breaking into the part of the ship that has the charts yeah yeah and steals yeah. the chart on how to get to the island and then falls overboard yeah well by the by the wizard's command yeah. jumps overboard so that he can uh yeah bring it back up later and get the the treasure and or get the map the vizier's like oh we they took the chart how are we gonna make it and sam says i have it up here yeah he memorized, he memorized it. it so they're ahead of the wizard and they're gonna get there but the wizard has the chart now and that wouldn't figurehead that was pretty cool looking pretty moving neat. around yeah she's pretty cool so and they, all the the wood creaky noises yeah that really sells that it. was yeah that was impressive that's like talos and Ar the argonauts yeah the bronze man when he, the, he's the moving slower noises. and more jerky mm -hmm. you know than any of any other harry has his creations but that's because he's made out of metal and every time he moves you hear, you hear yeah, yeah. The metal creaking as it's like grinding against and rusty itself. and yeah yeah it's just awesome yeah so th he did the same thing with this one, except wood, wood. sounds moving. Yeah. So they get to the island, and then, oh, what's the next creature they see after that? You know, it's almost like we saw one big Sinbad movie. And, well, we watched <laughs> them all really close together, and maybe that was a mistake. Yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> well, they, they go into this temple or something, and they talk to the the big dwarven-looking head that floats above the, yeah. the well, and it tells them to head <laughs> north. So then they start to head north. After they get out of the cave-in that the wizard did. So they get to the island. And let's just jump in. We'll just jump into the good part. Okay. Okay. They they get to the cave and there's these green guys. Yeah. In the cave. And they are, they worship this this big statue of Kali. Mm -hmm. Which is a beautiful statue. I'd it's love amazing. to have that thing. Yeah. And it looks like it's in a round Stargate. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Sinbad and his guys get in there and the wizard brings the statue to life. Yes. Yeah, you talk about a sword fight. Okay, we've had one skeleton. We've had seven skeletons. 
now we've got the six-armed Kali statue. So the wizard throws his sword, and the Kali statue... Oh, and the Kali has the hand tattoo on, what, three? The eye tattoo. The eye hat tattoo on his on hand, her, sorry. On their on eyes, her yeah. On three of her hands. She catches the sword, and then a sword grows out of each hand. Yeah. So here's Sinbad and his guys fighting this... Well, first it dances, you know, which is amazing the way it moves. That was awesome. You know how they did that? No. For reference? Mm-hmm. Harry hasn't hired like one of the best dancers yeah. in in India, uh-huh. belly dancers, and had one of her students strapped to her back. So she would have Holy four crap. arms. He would animate. Yeah, he'd figure out what to do with the other two. That's amazing. But yeah. Wow. That is really cool. So the movements were, were taken from an, a real dancer. He well, used that as reference. I'll tell you, the movements on that statue... If you look at that and think that that's anywhere close to being clunky or it's not, it's so it's, smooth. It's I would never look at that yeah. and think that that was stop animation. And then it looks like yeah. somebody just made a robot or something. Yeah. That's it's amazing. It's so smooth. And then when the swords come out and yeah. Sinbad and his men are fighting the six arm the six arm sword fight. Yeah. Oh man, it's be- I, you know, I want to go back and watch it again right now. <laughs> There's just that scene. It's, it's so, so cool. And of course they defeat the Kali statue and somehow they, you know, of course the green guys They're get- going to yeah, they're going to kill Sinbad and his buddies and then or the they, girl. Well, then they discover the girl tells them to stop and they see that she's got the tattoo of the eye on her hand so they think that she's the chosen one so they sacrifice her, which I don't understand this, but they sacrifice her to the they they drop her down in this pit, yeah, by this big bucket thing, and chain her to the the wall, and then this one eyed cyclops centaur, centaur comes out. That's yeah. why, because he's got he's there. Oh, he's got one eye. He's got, I don't yeah, know. that's it. So the one eyed centaur comes clopping on out, and she faints, and picks, he, he picks, picks her, her up and carries her yeah. off. And Sinbad and his guys end up they somehow they they get away from the green him. guys, and they go down there and they chase him. And they get to the, they find the well of destiny. Yeah, and the the evil wizard in the meantime has made his way to the well oh, from well, another direction. The thing is, every time he uses his magic, it draws some of his life energy. So yeah, he's, so getting, he's getting, older. getting older and older. So he's got the pieces. Oh, we forgot that medallion that Sinbad had at the beginning was part of a medallion, a yeah. bigger medallion. It's three pieces. The vizier has one another piece, and you put them together. And it's a chart on how to get to this place. Yeah. And then the third piece was inside the Kali statue that they broke. Yeah. And the legend somewhere they found out where if you if you drop these pieces in the well, you get eternal youth, mm-hmm. riches beyond measure, mm-hmm. and something like a shield of invisibility or something. It's not invisible. It's darkness. just a, a shield of darkness or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So the wizard drops them in there. And, of course, he turns young again, mm-hmm. young Tom Baker. And then he gets the shield of darkness, which he kind of starts to disappear. Yeah. Or it's a centaur fight first. The centaur fight is first. Okay, so the centaur comes out, comes back while they're there, and Sinbad and his men have to fight him. And it's cool because they're fighting him. You know, it's it's the live action versus the dynamation stop action. Yeah. And then Sinbad jumps on his back. So you're switching between... A stop-action centaur and Sinbad, and then a close-up of a live-action Sinbad just stabbing this thing in the shoulder. Yeah. And it's cool, because the way they film it, you don't really see Sinbad's face. You right. just see his body behind yeah. the centaur. So, it's done 
It yeah, really works. Really yeah, well. That's cool. Uh, so they defeat the centaur, and then... Well, they don't defeat the centaur. The griffin comes out. Oh, that's right. The griffin comes out. They yeah. fight. Yeah. Man, how could I forget the griffin? I don't know. That was cool. Yeah. The griffin comes out. The griffin and the centaur fight. And they all just kind of stand around and watch. I don't know if the griffin... Because they talk about... I think it was supposed to be the symbol The good and of evil good. thing. Yeah. So there's supposed to be this fight between good and evil if somebody gets to the Well of Destiny or something. And the centaur is evil, apparently. Though he really hadn't done anything except kidnap the girl. But he was not kidnapping her, just took her from where they left her. So, yeah. But we're going to go with he's evil. So then the griffin comes out and starts attacking just out of the blue. Nobody knows where the griffin came from. So we assume the other cave. Yeah, we assume that the Griffin is the good guy here because he's helping us defeat the centaur. I think in some of my reading, it said that he was supposed to be the symbol of the good. Yeah. So in any case, nobody is helping. I'm kind of bothered by the fact that they all just kind of sit and watch. Would you want to get in the middle of that? I mean, if I'm thinking that he's going to lose, then yeah, I would. I would understand the thing, the centaur in the back of the neck. What more do you want? I would still (laughs) go help. So anyway. That fight's over. They kill each other. Yeah, he is. Well, no, he didn't kill each other. The centaur won, and then Sinbad finished him. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're both dead. Yes. Well, then Sinbad confronts uh, Tom Baker, wizard, and I had to separate from Thorn, Thorn and Thatcher, wizard. (laughs) That's right. And he says, ha ha, the, you know, cloak of darkness. And he starts disappearing. Yeah. Kind of like piece by piece. Until it's just a sword floating out there that Sinbad's fighting. And the way he kind of screws himself is he, he thinks he's completely, totally invisible, and he backs up into the the waterfall from the the Well of Destiny, and you see his outline in the water, yeah. <laughs> and Sinbad just, just stabs him. <laughs> Not so smart a wizard there, mister. Yeah. And so since he's dead, Sinbad looks at his reflection in the Well of Destiny, and it shows him dressed like a king. Yeah. And this crown, crown rises up out of the water. Yeah. And he takes the crown and turns to the vizier and... Whatever he says, like, this is... Basically said, yeah, I don't want this. This is for you. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. So he puts the crown, and it fits perfectly on the top of that mask. Yeah, which is neat. And it's pretty cool. And, and of course, then the shimmering effects, whatever, and the gold mask disappears from under the crown, and the vizier's face is restored. Yeah. And he's whole again. Yeah, we didn't really go into what happened, but the vizier had been burned horribly. His face yeah, was oh, yeah. a mangled mess. He looked terrible. Kind of looked like the mutants in Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. But yeah, so then he, he was restored whole again, and happily ever after. Yeah, so there's that one. And, you know, again, good music in that, good story, good mm-hmm. adventure. A lot it of fun. Shot beautifully. Yeah. Camera work in it, just the live action stuff, phenomenal. The marriage of the Dynamation and the live action was flawless. Yeah. Then we get to Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger. Now, it's not horrible, but of the three, it's my least favorite. It to me it's certainly it, a little lacking. Yeah, it is a little if to me it feels like the whole thing was rushed. Yeah. And when I was reading about this in Ray's book, he alludes to the fact that it was rushed. Yeah. Because there's lots of things he wanted to do, Mm -hmm. creature-wise, that he couldn't do Hmm. because of budget and time. Even though this had the highest budget of the three Sinbad movies. Yeah, almost twice the budget of the last one. that's just insane. But again, 
the previous one was in what seventy three, right? Yeah. And this is seventy seven. So inflation. That's which only there four was years, well, yeah, but there but... was inflation in the seventies. Yeah, that's true. You're right. More than natural inflation. Yeah, yeah, know, that's true. Of time. So his work is spectacular in it. Oh yeah, Ray's work is is not lacking at all. Yeah. It's very good. The story... and some of the the stuff that they do in it is really cool. Yeah. Now, okay. Well, let's let's backtrack a second. We've got Patrick Wayne, John yeah. Wayne's son, Patrick Wayne. Yeah. As Captain Sinbad, Jane mm-hmm. Seymour is the girl, the main girl. Taryn Power or Taryn Power, Tyrone Power's daughter, is the alchemist girl, or mm-hmm. the other, the good wizard's girl. The good wizard alchemist is patrick troughton another doctor another doctor (laughs) playing a good guy in this one yeah let's see who else i don't what was the lady that was the witch i can margaret whitting whiting yeah i don't know anyway those were the main those are the main players patrick wayne is a good actor i mean i've seen him in other stuff yeah this just didn't feel like a good fit for him no not really i'm not a jane seymour's beautiful i'm just not a fan of hers yeah. And the movie, like I said, overall, it felt like, for being a bigger budget, it felt like a lower budget. Like, it had a lower budget, and it was rushed. Mm. A lot of the traveling mat stuff they did with the live actors, when there was no dynamation or animation involved, looked like it was on, you know filmed against a blue screen type thing. Yeah. One reason is, because of the budget and the rush in making this... Mm-hmm. A lot of the stuff that was shot on location, some of it was shot before they cast the film. Oh, wow. So they had doubles in in the wardrobe. They had the wardrobe. Yeah. They had the design all done. They had doubles in the wardrobe for the long shots. Okay. And some of the shots where it has the just like backs to the camera and stuff, yeah, some yeah. of that is doubles. There's wow. one. There's one scene where you see Jane Seymour, and when you see her from the back on the long shot, she's wearing a green dress, but in the close-up, it's a blue dress. Oh. Or vice versa. It's vice huh, versa. I missed that. I, for, I didn't even notice it, though. Huh, you know? Yeah. So we'll have to go back and watch that. One thing that really stood out to me is that there were actually weird stock footage shots in this one. Oh, yeah, like of snow and yeah, scenery type thing. Yeah, scenery stuff and a couple of the seagull yeah. and... Yeah, okay. it was it was odd. It's yeah. not something you normally see in a Ray well, Harry Hansen another film. thing, too, is Ray, he said in his book that the director... Hatton direct. This is the only fantasy type film he ever directed. Huh. And I think he he was a TV director. Directed a lot of TV episodes of things. Okay. Sam Wanamaker. Hmm. He might have directed one or two other features, but they weren't anything on this type of genre, this type of scale. Hmm. And Ray said in his book said, "Yeah, maybe you know we should have had a different director." And there's other things because of budget and time constrictions. Ray also said there's a lot of things he wished he had done differently. Mm-hmm. The Minotaur, in, in hindsight, which the Minotaur is one of the coolest creations. In, in it this is really movie. cool. It's a giant it, gold, like a six, seven foot, eight foot tall gold minotaur. metal Minotaur. Yeah, so they call him the Minotaur. Because it's an automaton and Minotaur. Because yeah. he has a, a clockwork heart, his yeah. uh, motor, basically. But, you know, that was really disappointing because they make such a big deal about the witch creating that that heart yeah. and putting it in the Minotaur yeah. and having him come to life. I fully expected the only way they were going to be able to kill the Minotaur was to rip that heart out yeah. somehow. And that's not how and we they, thought it. He just dies like Kirk. He falls. Yeah. Because <laughs> Kirk got crapped on. 
idea. The Minotaur in this is the Boba Fett of these movies. <laughs> you know, really, yeah. because he dies like a punk. You got all this buildup of, of this Minotaur, this cool creature. And I remember seeing pictures. I didn't get to see this one in theater. But I remember seeing the pictures and the trailers on TV and going, oh, that is so cool, you know. Yeah. And couldn't wait to see this. And then when you finally see it, the only thing he does is row a boat. Yeah. The ship. Like, you know, he turns this crank that pedals like, what, eight oars. This, like, metal, this gold metal boat ship. No, it's a brass boat. Brass ship. <laughs> and through, you know, the ocean. So he, that's, he's powering the, to get the witch and her son to where Sinbad is going. We'll get the there, plot in yeah, just a we'll second. I just got to finish this thought about the Minotaur. But like Boba Fett, you have all this buildup about this cool looking character. And you can't wait to see him in action. You know, and when you finally <laughs> get to the part where he's going to be in action, he just falls. Yeah. And dies. They're trying to get into this temple, and so they get the Minotaur to pull out this big block to, for the opening, and as he pulls it out, he pulls it on top of himself and falls down off his pyramid, and the block lands on him. And, and that's him. it. And, and that's dead. it. He's dead. <laughs> There's another creature in this called the Troglodyte. Oh, and make note that we say creatures because that's what Ray says. Yeah. They're not no, monsters. Not monsters. They're, they're creatures. creatures. <laughs> they're, they're creatures like humans are creatures. They're animals with emotion. That should have been the fight at the end. The Minotaur against the Troglodyte. Yeah. And Ray said in his book, he said, in hindsight, that would have been a much better fight. Yeah. But the Troglodyte fights a giant saber-toothed tiger. And at the time, Ray thought that would be a really interesting fight because you got this beast with these yeah. big fangs and the Troglodyte. But he says, you know, in hindsight, it should have been the Minotaur. Yeah. Which he was right. It should have been. Yeah. But anyway, the plot of this movie, getting starting at the beginning, we've got... Captain Sinbad is coming back to port to visit his friends and his, what is his lady love? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he fell in love with Princess Princess Farrah, Jane Seymour. Jane isn't Seymour. It, isn't it Farrah or something like that? Yeah, Farrah, Farrah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, he fell in love with her at some point in the past, and he just wasn't ready to let go of, of the sea. He wanted to stay in the sea, on the sea and be his captain himself, and she was not ready to join him on the oceans, and... So they did not get to stay together. But he's decided that he now is ready to give up the captain seat and stay on land with her. And she has decided that she is ready to give up the land and go to sea with him. <laughs> yeah, so they laugh and ha 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 ha. Yeah. But, so anyway, he's gone back basically to be with her. But yeah, when but he gets there. Her brother is getting, before he gets there, her brother is going to be crowned caliph of the land. Yeah. Which her brother actually is played by, uh, was it Damien Thomas? His name is Damien? Damien Thomas. He looks like a Damien. He does, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. The, thing, the cool thing about him is he was Count Karnstein, or Karnstein in Twins of, Hammer's Twins of Evil. Of course with he Pete. was. That's why he looks Peter like Cushing. Damien yeah. to me. He looks like a vampire. He does. Anyway, the witch wants her son to be Caliph. Yes. So she puts a curse on Damien. I can't remember the character's name. Damien. And turns him into a baboon. Yes. So they have until... He still has, currently still has all of his mental facilities, yeah. but he can't talk. Yeah. So they have till the seventh full moon to break the curse. Yes. And they have to go to this temple for, I forget what it's called, anyway, to get this thing. So they go find the, the other guy. Oh, what's his name? Starts with the M. Character. Patrick Troughton. Anyway, they go get Patrick Troughton, wizard. <laughs> <laughs> Only he's a good guy. And a good guy. And his his Tyrone Power's daughter, who is just cute as hell. She is. And, the, and uh, Patrick Towton. Uh, kind of a deep voice. Yeah. Patrick, 
Patrick Troughton wizard is supposed to be the the wisest man of the land, and he should be able to find a way to transform <clears throat> that, yeah, that's right. the caliph yeah. back. So they pick him up, and they go... And he says, to do this, we have to go elsewhere. So they To this place. Yeah, so they jump, <laughs> in, jump on the boat, and off oh, they go. The first creatures we see. Oh, yeah. The first creatures we see are, are, are again, kind of skeletons. Mm-hmm. But they, the witch conjures them up out of fire in this tent, and they're like ghouls, I think is what they call them. But kind of, mm-hmm. I said demons. Yeah, they look. They're skeleton-like. Like, and they have, like, Ray, big bug eyes. Yeah, Ray said he like looked at pictures of of bodies with just the musculature, with no skin. Mm, that's what it and looked medical like. Books, and that's what he used, and that's what they kind of look like. Except they have almost like insect heads, like big bug eyes and and horns. Yeah, he said they were going to have antenna, but that when he started to animate it, he Too said it looked, ha- it looked kind of silly. Yeah. So they just had little nubby horns mm-hmm. and kind of big, you know, teeth and these big eyes. And Sinbad fights those and his men, and they kill him by dro- by dropping a load of logs on him. Yep. Before final destination, <laughs> right. Sinbad. Indeed. <laughs> or before Remo, Sinbad. <laughs> anyway, so they go along, and there's there's a couple of other. The baboon is fantastic. Yeah, it, the that's baboon completely is really good. Ray's work. Yeah. And there's a scene where he's playing chess on the boat and yeah. you know, different things. There's a giant... And he has to, he like writes his name in charcoal on the side of the boat because one of the guys didn't believe it was really him. Yeah. And so the baboon writing his own name, I guess, convinced him. Yeah. And um, there's a scene with a giant bee, which is animated, yeah. just amazing. And the witch, the witch transforms herself into a seagull. And then when she gets to Sinbad's boat, she transforms herself or, um, untransforms into a person again but she's only like three inches tall so she can sneak around to find so, out what their plans are yeah they find her and capture her and her vial of potion breaks there's only a little bit left so she the smartest man in the world patrick Trout wizard Ugh. wants to find out if that's what the potion is so he lets this bee drink a little bit of it and he's not very smart apparently because the bee grows and they have to fight the bee while that's happening she turns back into she a seagull. She breaks out of the jar, grabs her potion, turns into a seagull, and flies back to her boat. Yeah, grabs what's left of the potion. Yeah. So she only she takes what she has left, and she transforms back to herself, except for one of her feet. It's yeah. still like a bird foot. She's got a giant bird foot. Yeah, so bird, bird foot witch. <laughs> and her son and Minotaur are going, uh, they're trying to race Sinbad to get to this, this other temple. They're headed north. Yeah. Now, at one point, they have to go through snow. And they fight this Sinbad's men, and they fight this giant walrus. And a lot of that, again, a lot of those scenes were extras in the long shots. Mm-hmm. Not extras, but double. It's just, it's a giant walrus. It, it, not my le- Probably my least favorite creature yeah. of his stuff. Yeah, I he's really boring. I didn't care about that scene at all. He's just a, a walrus. Yeah. And here, here is where, maybe not the first time I notice how stupid these people are. <laughs> but definitely one of them. So they're fighting the walrus. And the walrus is clearly making headway, gonna march right over these people, and they all just keep backing up towards the supplies, and they're like, protect the supplies! And as soon as they say that, the walrus just kind of stomps on the supplies, and off the supplies go. Yeah. Hell with your supplies. Yeah. I was uh, like, now, well, why, why would you <laughs> all stay on that side of the walrus and draw it towards your supplies? <laughs> Wouldn't you think you'd turn around and go the other direction? Flank him on both sides, you know. Or, or just go the other way? Yeah. Now, again, the Ray's work in this scene is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. I mean, animating the ice blocks, the walrus breaking through. Because those, yeah, yeah. those are actually styrofoam. Okay. They carved. Oh, and speaking of some of the statues on the sets were carved out of styrofoam by this master sculptor. Oh, wow. So, 
the scenes where you it's clearly they are in a temple or in a, on a set, mm-hmm. those are actually big statues. Nice. But there's somewhere that's a traveling mat, and they were filmed at a studio yeah. and inserted in. It's, it's not it. very good marriage there. So that's my least favorite character, I think, was the walrus. But then they finally get to this big temple where the it's this light, right? It's essentially the origins of the Aurora Borealis. Yeah. Okay, you remember what that, that tunnel of light looked like? Yeah. I mean, it's just like a light just yeah, spinning yeah. and shooting up. You yeah. know how they did that? No. <laughs> Ray got dental floss. Okay. And attached it to this tube, this clear tube, strands mm-hmm. of dental floss all around it. And then they spun it mm-hmm. and shined different colored lights through it and filmed it at, I forget how many frames per second, and pulled it out of focus. Huh. That's how they got that beam of light looking. Well, it looked really cool. Yeah. Super old school, but it I never, never questioned <laughs> that it was anything but a lighting effect. A uh, light, yeah, I would have just thought lights. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it was really cool. Oh, and along the way, they meet the troglodyte. Yes. Which is Ray's character. And he, sa- he said after the movie came out, some people thought that was a man in a suit. Oh, wow. Which he thought, well, one way that's a testament to his work, but another way it's like... Maybe I should have put hooves on it and stuff. Because he, he always wanted the stuff to not look like a man in a suit. Yeah. To yeah. look fantasy. Yeah. To look dreamlike. So. Well, he was much bigger. Yeah. That's, that's one reason why he he made him bigger than a troglodyte yeah. would be. Right. So it would, wouldn't would be he was confused like with a, a man giant, in a suit. Right, yeah. yeah. Well, so they the ladies are taking a bath in some lake they find. that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And the troglodyte comes upon them. And says, how you doing? And, yeah. Well, he just starts kind of, like, I don't know. Well, he scares them. Yeah, he scares them. Because he's a monster. Them. He looks like a monster he's to He's not them. a monster. But, yeah, so anyway, he scares them. So they go running off, and he just kind of starts chasing them. But <laughs> they don't know well, that it's not to kill them. Wa- walking after them. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. But they don't know why. And Patrick Troutman Patrick Wizard, Troutman Wizard <laughs> says, that's a troglodyte. And, you know, he's he's just as scared of us as we are yeah. of him. Just be calm. And then tells one of the ladies. But they have a soft spot oh, tells for girls his, or something. Yeah, yeah, tells Diany, his daughter, to go up and, and talk to the troglodyte. And so they calm, calm him. him. Down. Yeah. And he does. And then the baboon shows up. And apparently and can, they get the baboon. They can communicate yeah. somehow. So they uh, they become fast friends. And then Trog kind of starts going with them. And he actually knows where this temple is that they're looking yeah. for. So that he takes them to the temple. So that's kind of cool. They get a they get a buddy. They get a buddy. <laughs> so they get to this temple. Trog is awesome. Yeah, and, and they can't open the door because it's huge. Yeah. Now, I, oh yeah. So, but the troglodyte can't. So Trog walks up to it and goes pa and just opens the door <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and says, "Ladies, yeah." First, um, <laughs> this is another thing where it seems like it was a quickie film made overseas because the ice on the walls. And covering some of the statues mm-hmm. looked like what it was. It looked cellophane. like cellophane. Yeah. Which is what they used. And yeah. it's it's horrible. Yeah. It horrible, doesn't, horrible. Doesn't look very great. Um, but we get to where the uh, Birdfoot Witch comes in and yada, yada, yada. And things so happen. So, you know, you know, when you're you're looking at the TV or the screen and you're you're really frustrated and you just want to yell at the screen. <laughs> I yelled at the screen a little too much in this part. It was very frustrating. Yeah. Well, the the characters are kind of dumb. They're just stupid. For the wisest man in the world, he is not very wise. 
And no one has any sense of urgency yeah. in this movie whatsoever. Well, the thing is, they want to get the baboon into this cage, and they pull this this chain, and the cage will go through this light, and it's supposed to transform, transform him back transform to him. human. But they're not like in a big hurry to do it, apparently. No. <laughs> they discover that the cage works. I think if I discovered the cage works, immediately I get in the cage, and we do the thing. Yeah. But no, they're all kind of standing around. Just looking. So Birdfoot Witch the hell comes they were in there doing. and she sends her essence, her spirit, into the this big ice. Well, block. first, first she <laughs> first she sends her son to kill the caliph who has now been transformed into human form again. So he's human form and he's all happy. Oh yeah. He meets Diony because the baboon and Diony have formed a relationship. Don't go there. <laughs> and it's <laughs> a different movie it's <laughs> a different movie and so she comes in and she's like you cannot be caliph my son will be caliph and so she sends him to go kill the caliph now there's two of them yeah there's only the son and the witch and there's like five of sinbad's dudes and not to girls. mention sinbad the two girls the caliph yeah and the wisest wizard in the world yeah and she sends so he her goes, son to go yeah, kill it anyway. So he he trundling. <laughs> so he goes and attacks them, and and it doesn't end well for one him. One <laughs> thing leads to another, and he takes a tumble down the stone stairs and breaks his neck. Yeah. Now she's very upset, and something starts happening with the the light. The light starts making noise or something, yeah. or, and so as everyone's distracted, her essence leaves her body and goes into this block of ice on this pedestal. Yes. And the ice cracks and breaks away and it's a giant saber-toothed tiger. Yes. And the saber-toothed tiger Who jumps looks down. really, really sweet. Snuggly. Snuggly tiger. He had a cute face and his tail was a little too short. And when his ears perked up, he looked so nice. <laughs> He's so cute. Again, it was cool and animated well, but it wasn't one of my favorite creations. Of, yeah. You know. So he jumps out and attacks, but as he does, the troglodyte comes in. Yes. And the troglodyte and the saber-toothed tiger fight. Yes. Well, Sinbad did start fighting the tiger first, and then yeah. Trog came in. See, now here, here is where you will notice. Trog did not sit on the sidelines and say, oh, I think I'll let Sinbad <laughs> fight this guy. No. He said, no, I shall go in and help my new buddy. Yeah. So Trog trundles right on in there, and he starts fighting the saber-toothed tiger. Now, what does everybody else do? Watch Nothing. Fight. Yeah. They just stand there and watch the fight. They so don't do a damn thing. Trog gets killed by the tiger. Because nobody helps yeah. him. And Bastards. Sinbad picks up the big spear and a tiger jumps and Sinbad leans back and the saber tiger lands on the spear and falls and he kills him. So Couldn't have done that when Trog was alive, Couldn't huh? Couldn't help Trog out, no. No, no. So, anyway, tiger's dead. That was the witch. Trog's dead. Count Karnstein gets turned from a baboon back to human. Yep. And they go back and he gets crowned Caliph and the credits start rolling as he's getting crowned over the closing scene. Yes. Oh, and Minotaur died in there the way Rob described, but we just didn't talk like about it again. Punk. Yeah. He got Boba Fetted. Yeah. So anyway, there's some good creatures in this, some some really great creatures, but the movie itself just it, it felt like a low budget rushed production. I might have liked it more if the people weren't so stupid. Yeah. But like I said, even in Ray's book he never comes right out and says, this is my least favorite, or this sucked. But he does say that uh, production was rushed, and there's some things he would have liked to have done differently. And 
maybe they should have had a different director. So yeah, I think Ray thinks about the same that we do, but he's just too nice a guy to, to badmouth anybody. Yeah. So, you know, I wonder in one of the interview things, Ray said that he had to have shots a certain way and yeah. he'd often tell people this is how it has to be and blah, blah, blah. And that usually people were very accommodating and helpful, but not everybody was and that there were even... I don't know if he said a director or directors yeah. that even tried to get him fired. Yeah. So I wonder if this was one of them. <laughs> well, you know, it, if you fire Ray Harryhausen off the Ray Harryhausen movie, you don't have a movie. <laughs> uh, it's worth seeing for Harryhausen's yeah, work. Yeah, you should see it. Yeah, I it's mean, a, it's, it's a fun fantasy movie. It's just not as good as Golden Voyage or Seventh Voyage. Just don't get attached to Trog. This one, like I said, it's got problems. But Golden Voyages is fantastic. Seventh yeah. Voyage is just a joy. It is. Everybody, anybody who likes Harry Hasen stuff remotely has a favorite Harry Hasen creature. So what's your favorite Harry Hasen creature? Or favorite one or two? Well. Out of Sin, out of the Sinbad movies. The Sinbad movies. Out of the Sinbad movies. Okay, I was going to say, if you're just going to throw any of them out there, then I have a soft spot in my heart for Bupo. <laughs> I love that damn owl. I'm going to have to find you. A, uh, is it Bupo or Bipo? Bupo. Okay, I'm gonna have to find you one of those. I need a Bupo. I'll get you one. But it's not my favorite creature. It's just that I I love him. Yeah. He's so cute. Anyway, it's from Clash of the Titans. Right, but as the three Sinbad movies. From the Sinbad movies, yeah. Kali. Oh yeah. Yeah, Kali. Kali's my favorite. I gotta say I just love the way that it moves. Yeah, for me, skeletons aside. Yeah. The Cyclops. Cyclops, of course. And the Kali. Mm-hmm. I actually like Kali more than Cyclops. I, I can see that. Yeah. I think the, the Cyclops, for me, because it's the one I remember the longest. Yeah, and I can see the most, that. Yeah, and it sure. was just as a little kid, that one just stuck. Well, I mean, it's And I didn't see more... Kali until yeah. a little bit later. It is more, more legendary, more iconic. Yeah. I also think that there was uh, one of the guys in the interview was going on and on about color, and but he's not wrong. Yeah. The Cyclops scene and the Cyclops coloring... That everything about yeah. that scene, the the coloring for him and the yeah. background and everything, really makes it pop. Oh yeah! In counter to the Kali scene, is much more dulled down. Subdued Everything's colors. in greens yeah. and earth tones, so I can see you know the difference there. Yeah. But I just I love the movement. Of, oh yeah, of Kali. Kali is phenomenal, and mm-hmm. I, it's probably Cyclops, Kali, maybe Trog, third. Yeah, I don't know. Well, so I like Trog a lot. Because he's like the lovable friend, well, and he's is the one creature that is kind of a good guy. He is becomes gets on the side of Sinbad. And yeah, helps yeah, him out, and so. he he doesn't get much of that. So yeah. yeah, I like him because he's like the friendly good guy. Yeah. He's a great creature. Yeah, but he's not my favorite design. Yeah. So yeah, Kali by far. I like the dragon too. Oh yeah, the dragon in Seventh Voyage is, is fantastic. Um, That's a good, dra- great. I mean, dragon. I prefer dragons with wings, but that one looked really yeah. cool, and that it breathed and it everything breathed fire, was yeah. really cool. Was well, cool I mean, and you could see him breathing. Like oh yeah, his, his body. You could see his breathing. Yeah. It was really cool. Even when he was in the background, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, was, that awesome. was pretty nifty. These movies are are extremely easy to see. You can see them on any a lot of the streaming services. Maybe yeah. you have to rent them. You get the DVDs, you can purchase them on Amazon right now or on eBay for, except for Golden Voyage, like I said, it's about 30 bucks. But you can get them on Blu-ray. In fact, I think there's a Harry Hazen movie collection. There is. That has all three of them plus. Some other stuff. Three, 
three or four others. Yeah. Which I you know, I might need to get that. By all means, do yourself a favor and get these movies if yeah. you don't own them. Yeah, you need to watch them. They're, watch they're definitely them. worth it. Harry Hasen, I cannot say enough how much I love Harry Hasen's work. How important he is historically to yeah. film in general. And you know what? Don't don't take our word for it. If you get the the DVD for which one was it? Seventh Voyage that we were just watching the documentary stuff on. Yeah, and I think it's it might. I don't know if the same documentary is on other, the other Harry Hasen. Yeah. DVDs. But watch those because it's got interviews in there <clears throat> from every well known director and makeup artist and special effects genre, genre effects guys, yeah, yeah that you can imagine and every single one of them talks about how ray harryhausen influenced yeah. them and, and nothing but praise yeah so it's not just us yeah. saying how oh, great he is I, I forgot to mention ray harryhausen is pretty much like his best friend since he was 18 ray bradbury oh right right and he harry hasn't got that. yeah harry hasn't got a special that was a lifetime achievement award at the Oscars one year, mm-hmm. and I think Tom Hanks introduced him, or introduced the award, but Ray Bradbury came out and speak, spoke, and gave it to him. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so... And it started out with their, their as young young men and boys, they both had fascinations with dinosaurs. Yeah. And that's what started it all. So cool. Yeah. I guess we've gone on about our love of Ray Harryhausen and the Sinbad films enough, huh? I think so. I mean, the only thing I can add is just keep going on about how amazing he is and how much I love his work, and I will watch any Ray Harry has a movie. Yep. Over and over again. And we have many to watch now. Yes. yes. So I guess we have one thing left to do, Rob. Yep, we have to prove once again that the world revolves around Planet of the Apes. So, I have three films with which to choose characters. While you're thinking, just in case nobody knows why we do this, you know, the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon game. Well, Clayton and I discovered many, many years ago, before the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon game, that you can connect, within a few degrees, anything and anyone back to the original Planet of the Apes. And we're going to prove that again right now. Indeed. Okay, so, since we don't or have never had reason to use a doctor, why don't we use... Tom Baker. Okay. Tom Baker, the fourth Doctor, who incidentally uh, was the vo- a voice on uh, Rebels. Star Wars Rebels cartoon recently. Yes. As what was the character? The Bendu. Bendu. Um, anyway. Very cool. So. I love Rebels. Tom Baker to Amicus Vault of Horror. Okay. Okay, he's in that. Along with Terry Thomas, the British comedian Terry Thomas, funny man. Okay. Who was in, he was in Diabolic. Okay, okay. all right, He's gotcha. the, the spokesman, the state spokesman. Right. Anyway, Tom Baker, Vault to Terry Thomas, to the Abominable Dr. Fives. Oh. Vincent Price. Right. To Ten Commandments, Charlton Heston. Wow. Planet Apes. Nice. Thank you. Good job. <laughs> you have once again proven that the world does indeed revolve around Planet of the Apes. And it does. So go watch all the Planet of the Apes movies, and go watch all the Sinbad movies. And any Ray Harry has a movie. And that's your weekend. Yeah. Well, that's your <laughs> next couple weekends. <laughs> but you'll be thoroughly entertained. Indeed. That's about all I've got. Indeed so.
All right. Well, till next time. Thanks for listening. Good night, everybody. Good night.